0: Alright everybody, welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome to the pod. Uh, if you guys are enjoying the, the content from previous podcasts, please do me a huge favor, subscribe, like, and give me a rating or a share or any kind of a support would be greatly appreciated. We got a small around the world section this week. As far as that goes, I got a whole bunch of Mariners I got a bunch of Seahawks stuff. So with that being said, let's get right into it. Uh, Madden 23 cover was released today. Rest in peace, John Madden. As anticipated, he will be the cover of Madden. That's a fantastic thing to see in general. He made a huge influence over this league, obviously with his uh, with his presence on the field as a coach as well as a commentator. So uh, congrats to EA for doing the right thing. there, getting the cover released out today. Uh, so yeah, for all of us fellow nerds, including myself, super excited for that. What a crazy game in hockey last night between the Avalanche and the Oilers, a 14 game, game one thriller. Uh, I paid attention to a little bit of it to be honest with you. I'm not a huge hockey guy. I don't know a whole lot about it, but there was a lot of action, a lot of stuff going on. So that was super exciting to see, kind of see what's going on when it comes to some professional playoff hockey. Nationals GM has stated the team will not trade Juan Soto. I did touch this in a previous podcast, I believe three or four podcasts ago. That there was a report from Buster Olney of ESPN that the uh, Washington Nationals were indeed interested possibly of trading for Juan Soto. However, that does not be, uh, end up being the case, so they say. I will still kind of wait until I can see with this. I believe if Washington starts free-falling and their attendance starts going down consistently, I could see them trading Soto because they could revamp the franchise after they did trade Trey Turner uh, last season. So, Curious to see what happens with that. Uh, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal in the French Open quarterfinal. What an excellent match. Uh, Nadal did win in that. Uh, so that's a great, great head-to-head matchup. Those are two big icons, two big heads of, uh, of tennis. I almost said hockey. But uh, Novak getting back into the swing of things after his uh, COVID restrictions and everything. And Rafael doing what Rafael does. Uh, crafty lefty. Uh, I'm a left-handed player, myself of uh, tennis myself, and I just really enjoy watching competitive tennis. I think it's super fun, you know, watching these guys serve a ball 130 miles an hour and getting it into a small square cube. It's pretty, pretty impressive. And the last thing for around the world, the Buccaneers signed defensive lineman from the Chicago Bears, Akeem Hicks, today to a one-year, up to $10 million deal with incentives. Mariners, 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 Mariners. What a ball game yesterday. I'm going to start off by giving a shout out to Juan Mercedes. Through the first career no-hitter in uh, the Everett Apple Sox history yesterday. Uh, congrats to him. All of his hard work. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the prospect, to be honest with you. There's something I saw in passing through Twitter yesterday. So I want to give him a shout out. But we get into the meat and taters of this one now, ladies and gentlemen. It was a Baltimore beatdown yesterday. And I loved every second of it. We have been not, you know, I'm just, you know, I touched this in previous podcasts. We weren't hitting the ball very well. It's frustrating. I could not figure out why we couldn't hit the baseball in general. We were swinging at the wrong pitches and we would watch sort of the, the good ones go by. We're in the middle in between. We can't really figure out yes or no, maybe so. And then uh, there was a report I touched on in yesterday's podcast about Scott Service stating that the coaching, uh, the coaching staff, reached out and had a little bit of a meeting with these guys and just said hey look guys like we know we're struggling we know we're all frustrated we know we're not playing to the level that we're, phys- that we're physically capable of so let's go ahead and fix this let's get this back on on the right horse let's get the, you know the car oil changed let's get some fresh tires on it let's pump it up full of psi and let's, start, let's, let's just start rolling down the hill again and uh that's what they did I mean, Kirby came in six innings pitched yesterday, four hits, no one runs, a single walk, and eight strikeouts for his first career win. Congrats, George Kirby, the Curbster, the Curbinator, all names included. I love George Kirby. There's a huge Elon fan group following him around the entire country right now. I love it. There need to be more of this in baseball for all these top prospects. Let these kids get a little bit more comfortable with hearing you know, hearing the, the voices that they're used to back from their college days, high school days, stuff like that. So that was fantastic to see. Rowena Elias, who came up and replaced Drew Stuckenrider, had two innings of one hit ball with two strikeouts. He's going to be a vital part to this bullpen. I truly believe it. He's got the longevity to be a long-time reliever. He can cover multiple innings. You're not having to throw out four, five, six bullpen arms a day. He can go out there each of two, three innings, possibly. He's been doing two almost every other day when he was down in AAA. So that's a great thing to see. Uh, Ty France, two hits. Frazier, two hits. Trammell three hits, four RBIs. Career day for Taylor Trammell, And I know it was against Baltimore and Baltimore wasn't looking too good, but they're still a, a professional team. The middle of the pack when it comes to offensive ratings and stats. So that's absolutely fantastic. Cal Raleigh, my nickname for him is Major Country Breakfast. This boy is, I believe, one of the most important pieces of this franchise going forward. Because you don't see switch hitting power catchers come up with the ability to hit well from both sides of the plate for plus power. He reminds me a lot of Jason Veritek back in the day for, 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 for the Boston Red Sox. Be curious to see what the lineup is. I had I apologize for not having the lineup out in this uh, for this podcast right now, but I will have it up on my on my Twitter feed, PNW Professor, uh, capitals on PNW. Uh, Baltimore continued to struggle against the fastball. We saw that yesterday with George Kirby. Initially, the looked like their kind of pitching sequence where they wanted to do their, their, their game plan was to go off-speed first and then work their way to to the fastball. Well, they quickly realized that nobody could touch the fastball. Cedric Mullins was turning like a top, you know, and Cedric Mullins last year was one of the, I, I, if I believe the ratings are correct, he was one of the top 25 players in baseball last year, you know. He had a career year breakthrough. They have that lead off right now, which is pretty confusing to me because he is fast. But with this lineup, I think he would be a better position to be inside the middle of the order. You know, have that three hole, put Mountcastle at four, Rutschman at five or maybe six, maybe put Santander in there. Uh, I was very, very impressed with watching Adley Rutschman and his composure behind the plate props out to him for the rookie, getting his feet wet inside the water. But if they continue to struggle against the fastball with Robbie Ray coming up today, I'll, I'll touch inside of the pitching matchup at, at the end of this segment, that we need to see Robbie Ray attack with the fastball, 94, 95, hard, sharp slider. It's got to be down in the feet. Use the opposite field to his advantage. And when I say that is that this park, has super tall walls now back in the day baltimore's walls were the short one of the top three shortest walls in left field in all of baseball and they were they had the most home runs hit in all of baseball at their home park so they were like hey we need to fix this address it i like the new wall i think it's a little too tall myself personally i mean that's kind of kind of part because julio should have had a dinger yesterday but you know that's neither here nor there Uh, by for for the record as i'm touching on that wall subject right now I saw a stat from uh, Would It Dong, which is a Twitter feed about uh, would a home run be a home run in all 30 uh, ballparks in baseball. That home run he hit yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, would a home run in every single ballpark in the country besides for Baltimore. Pretty remarkable, to say the least. It was a hot, humid day in Baltimore yesterday. The sunset was perfect. Absolutely loved it. Julio's learning uh, moment yesterday was the old iconic Ichiro uh, bat drag, you could call it, pardon the page turn. And, uh, you know, it's this is the big thing that a lot of young players realize when they come up, you know, especially with Julio with his struggles with being called for uh, strikes being called outside of the zone to begin with, is that you cannot argue balls and strikes. You can ask if a, uh, no, if a ball or if a called strike was on the outside corner. You are able to do that. That is within your jurisdiction, within your, your boundaries and bounds so to ask those kinds of questions. But you cannot provoke the umpire. Obviously, you cannot try and show the umpire up on his own strike zone. That will get you rung out of the game immediately, as we saw last night. But you know what? I kind of like it myself personally. He's been getting the shorthand of the stick. That was a good pitch. That was a strike. I got no problem with it. But uh, Julio just, you know, take the moment. Process it like he does just fantastic with everything. He's so good at being uh, almost like a, like, a, like a baseball computer, you know. mid Like during the mid-at-bats is what I'm seeing right now as he's processing pitch to pitch which for rookies is not well seen or that much uh, that's seen that far often. Much often if my English could actually be correct today. Anyways, (coughs) sorry. Ray versus Bradish today at 4.05. I did touch with Robbie Ray earlier uh, a few minutes ago when it comes to what he needs to be able to do to attack this lineup. There's going to be a fair amount of righties inside of the lineup today. Mount Castle, Hayes, Santander is a switch hitter. Uh, Julio, Mateo, uh, Jose Urias, all are right-handed batters. So they're going to try and attack him from the opposite side of the box, but he's got to get the slider down on the feet, attack the high fastball, keep it on the corner, Robbie. The big thing with you is it has to stay on the corners. If you get into the middle of of the plate, your fastball is pretty flat, man. If it gets up in the zone, you can get away with it a little bit better because you got that rise in elevation, but if it's, you know, anywhere between You know, the top, you know, middle of the knee to about just above chest or about mid-chest level. That's a dangerous pitch, Robbie, and I would not recommend that that you play around with that very much. Unfortunately, you guys, I don't have an update on Kyle Lewis. Some of you guys have been asking me about what's going on with him. The issue with him, he got hit in the Houston series that he was caught. He was going to be possibly evaluated for a, a concussion. The good part about this, as weird as it sounds, is that the date that the concussion happened, was a, uh, I, I do believe it was four days ago, and it's a seven-day IL, which means he'll only be gone for three more days. Yes, obviously, that means more Mike Ford. Ugh. not a Mike Ford fan. Not much of us are. He had a good hit yesterday. It is what it is. I'm not going to take away whatever the man did, but he obviously ain't no Kyle Lewis. Um, so I'm really curious to see what if he can get inside of the lineup today. I will have lineups posted up the moment this podcast is out for you guys who are curious about the lineups. And with that being said, uh, we're going to jump into the Hawks, we're going to talk to some small things, some of my OTA takeaways and then we're going to hop on out of here because we got a game in about 30 minutes and I got work to do. I always got work to do, so I love doing this kind of stuff. Okay, first thing out out, out of the box, Charles Cross signed his rookie deal today, a little bit of yay 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 for uh, Charles Cross signing his four year fully guaranteed rookie deal. Good to see. That leaves only Mafei Walker and Kobe Bryant as the rookies who have not signed their rookie deals yet. I'm imagining that will probably be taken care of by the end of the week. Uh, I'll be keeping my eye on that. I will be doing out. uh, My goal is for this week, at least for the next, uh, if not this week, for the next couple weeks following, I'm going to try and put out at least four to five pods a week. I got some extra free time right now. um, So... I'm going to take advantage of it and toss out some more content for you guys since I know you guys appreciate it and I support, I really appreciate you guys' listens, excuse me, the listening, the subscribing, the rating, the sharing, all of it. Like I'm trying to spread my name out there. Just want to give a small, small moment to say thank you to everybody who's been listening to these. I feel like I am getting a lot better in these every time I do it. Uh, I really appreciate the comments uh, and the ratings and you guys has been super, super awesome with all of that. thing that happened today, uh, June 1st means that deals that were removed off of the books from previous months are now off the books entirely. One of those deals was Carlos Dunlap and we released him in the off season at the beginning of the off season that cleared 4.2 million dollars in cap space i imagine all that money is going to go to the draft picks we need to get that taken care of we can't sit around waiting for this to be done they need to be signed up and taken care of with that being said there's only three guys left um let's see here what do we got well this is going to be interesting this is something i've been really paying attention to when it comes to uh the otas is jake curran versus Abe Lucas. Obviously Abe Lucas, third round draft pick, Washington State, four your starter, right tackle. Jake Curran out of UCLA, came in last year, played I think pretty dang good. I was pretty impressed with his ability inside of the runs the run zone scheme. We saw more and more of Andy Dickerson's zone scheme running than we saw Mike, uh, our previous coach uh, from Mike in general. And uh, yeah, right now they're splitting reps at 50-50. I'll be curious to see how far, you know, when we go further in, when we get to minicamp, we're really going to have the idea of how that competition is starting to mold out between those two players. If it's me personally, I'm completely fine with either one of them playing at right tackle, obviously. They're both good. Uh, I think they're, you know, I think obviously athletically speaking, I think a Lucas has better upside than Jake Curran, but Jake Curran's a very savvy player at right tackle. And right now, with having the quarterback situation or the tandem or whatever you want to call it between Geno Smith and Drew Locke, we've got to get a you know a cornerstone or something, not even a cornerstone, but just a solid, legitimate tackle over there. Charles Cross has been getting 100% of the reps left tackle, so you can mark that down in. There's no Dwayne Brown conversation right now whatsoever, which I'm fine with because he had his time here. But uh, everything that's good comes to an end, and that's what his time is for uh, good old Dwayne Brown. OTA takeaways, ladies and gentlemen. Linebackers are controlling the flow of the game. When I say that, that means that Cody Barton, Jordan Brooks, and Daryl Taylor are sitting the tone. This is kind of what we saw from the beginning of when Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright and Bruce Irvin were there, that the whole game kind of flowed, you know, ebb and flowed through their fingers. They did a great job of being tenacious, being aggressive. Uh, you know, being instinctual and I, that's what I want to see because right now there's a lot of chirping from from Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton when it comes to offensive players. Uh, yesterday, a little bit of a funny moment, Cody Thompson, one of our practice squad whiteouts, he caught a ball in the slot and he had something to say to Jordan Brooks and Jordan Brooks just shoved him. He's like, I'm not taking it, you know, I'm the, I'm the leader, I'm the captain of this defense. Um, I'll be curious to see if it's him or if it's Quandre Diggs, I probably would think it's Quandre Diggs uh, in hindsight, but I wouldn't be surprised overly if it was Jordan Brooks. Jamal Adams will not be the captain, I don't think, for this defense. I'd be shocked if he was. It's not really his true place to be th- to be like a, a sole captain. If they want to do a co-captain kind of thing like they did back in the day, I'd be fine with it, um, but I think it's kind of a one-man role, one-man show. Um, Ryan Neal stated in general that there's a big difference going on in the whole defensive scheme. I touched on when Clint Hurt came in um, along with uh, Carl Scott and uh, Sean uh, as our new uh, assistant defensive coordinator. We went from the 4-3 to the 3-4, which means obviously three down linemen four linebackers. They've talked about specifically in the past that players like Dunlap that weren't, you know, we were wondering why isn't Carlos Dunlap pressuring more? Well, he was playing what was called the Flats and instead of the defensive line playing the Flats, the line is specifically rushing the backfield. Those linebackers, outside linebackers, Encheta Nwosu, Cody Barton, Jordan Brooks, Daryl Taylor, Um, there's one other kid, Aaron Donkor is really shocking really putting a good presence on right now. He's built almost identically to K.J. Wright. Uh, He's they've been taking care of the flats letting the big boys eat And that's what we need to see Clint hurt was very adamant He goes my defensive lineman will not be Defending the ball carriers in the flats. It's going to be linebackers You know, maybe you'll see like mafia. I think mafia could be interesting with that He's uh, kind of trying to make him in like a cliff Averill role the hybrid Leo kind of a position Uh, Ken Walker from what everything i'm seeing my my ways to explain ken walker right now fluid bouncy and showed excellent burst coming through the line of scrimmage that i don't want to say well aren't, aren't our running backs supposed to be with one of the you know, all three of these things or at least one of them yeah they should be but when you were the best running back in the country and by many many analysts phil sims uh brady henderson There's tons, you know. I could go on a list of these guys that you know we're we're talking about this and stuff in general. But he was the number one running back in most things. It was either him or Brees Hall. Brees Hall D two at Iowa State. He's got plenty of talent. I got nothing, you know. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a very talented player. He's got a hand set of skills, man. I a handful, excuse me, of a handful of skills. And uh, it's really curious to see what's gonna happen with that in general. Because now that penny's back to practice. Where, you know is that you know how much does that take away from Ken Walker showing what he can do? Uh, you know, kind of where how does this uh, rotation going to work out? There still has been nothing on Chris Carson, which is re- reassuring. Like everything I've been saying for the last couple of weeks on the pods, of I just think Chris Carson's going to be a cap casualty. Unfortunately, it's the same sort of situation as Cam Chancellor and Cliff Avril, with that spinal fusion neck surgery unfortunately. The man has been a horse. He had a thousand yards rushing in three straight years. He showed good hands last season but unfortunately his playing style was only one way and he's like, a, he's like a sledgehammer. He just runs and smacks into people and his body really can't handle that anymore and the best thing for him maybe come out as an assistant running back coach, uh, be a part of the organization still but overall his future in Seattle I do believe is done. I'm going to wrap up today by talking about the tight ends. The tight ends were heavily, heavily, heavily involved in the passing scheme, the run blocking scheme and we're seeing some jet sweeps with Noah Fant and Colby Parkinson. Probably when we get to season time or preseason time and regular season time, we're going to be seeing more with Noah Fant doing those jet sweeps and Colby Parkinson. Colby Parkinson can move. He's a big boy. He's 6'6 from Stanford. I really enjoyed him. He, I thought he's just never really been utilized the proper way. A lot of us, you know, this is a pipe dream of a, of a, you know, of a thought. But I always thought he was like a cheap man's Jimmy Graham. Uh, he's really big, he's got good hands, he moves well, got, uh, he has a good catching radius, got good uh, football IQ. But he's never really been able to get it on the field. And especially with Shane Waldron specifically wanting to incorporate tight ends more, this is something we will be watching more when it comes through OTAs and minicamp when we get up to the regular season. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's today's pod. Uh, please do me a favor once again. If you enjoy the podcast, if you are, you are new or this is your first time listening, please subscribe. Everyone really appreciates uh, I really appreciate it. Every single one matters. If you guys have anything more you want me to talk about differently, uh Skagit Speedway, uh, Kraken, upcoming offseason, uh, WNBA, anything like that. Huskies, Cougs, please let me know. Um, I cover what I, you know— main stuff of what's going on through to the sports uh central or the sports uh seattle sports central if i can actually talk today that'd be fantastic <laughs> but uh once again thank you everybody for listening to today's podcast smash the like button and uh robbie ray we ask you to be the Cy young today and see us rise